Welcome to Andy Decodes. Sit back and enjoy as we dive deeper down into the rabbit hole and into the unknown. Hello. Sorry, I just had a mad thing go up with the computer. I don't even know what happened. Um, <laughs> sorry about this one of them nights. Right, <laughs> ignore all that. Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to Andy Decodes. I'm joined by co-host Tommy Cullen to my right. And just down there is our guest, Ash Alice of UFO Identified. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure to be here. Looking forward to chatting with you both. Yes, it should be good. Because we did meet, didn't we, up in Manchester? And I think the best thing about that was I'd already booked you on and then met you afterwards. That kind of made it a little bit better. I don't know why. It's just just something about it. Then we walked yeah. across the lobby and it was like, we kind of met eyes and you were like, you asked, I was like, are you Andy? Gone <laughs> across the room. <laughs> That's where it was. Yeah, because you know when you look at someone, you're like, you think you're 100% sure it's them, but then you're like, then you doubt yourself straight away. I look like an idiot. Yeah, but is it? This is even wrong, yeah. <laughs> I thought, Joe, if it's not, then so if it... <laughs> they can come on the show anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for coming on. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, about UFO Identified, and a bit about the podcast? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I try and do it briefly. <laughs> we have so much... Up there, it's kind of hard to kind of give us all the detail if you want. Uh, yeah, Not so I started uh, UFO Identified in 2020 during lockdown. Uh, I was on furlough for like 18 months during COVID, uh, getting paid to stay at home. So I thought, let's get stuck into the UFO stuff. I've been wanting to do it for years, been interested since I was a kid, had yeah. a sighting when I was 10 years old. Always had that interest. Being on furlough gave yeah. me the time to actually. Do some proper research. So I started UFO Identified because I'm, I'm from Manchester and I'm trying to find a local group just to get involved with, kind of do yeah. research, go to meetings. I just couldn't find anything. No, anything I could find was that. from like the 90s, early 2000s. There was nothing local at all. So I thought I'd just start it on my own and just do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and then that's grew to, there's a core team of four of us. And we have three meetings a month across the Northwest. We yeah. have the biggest database of current day UFO reports in the UK. We host oh, wow. an, annu an annual sellout conference in the Northwest. Yeah. We investigate reports that come into us. 
um, and we we do lots of stuff in the media and uh, newspapers and tv stuff and it's just gone massively uh, over the past three or four yeah. years um that's kind of a very brief kind of look at what we do the yeah. main thing we do is the database is this kind of research investigations that we do uh, yeah and from that we started the podcast of it was two it was originally this week would be our third year anniversary of the podcast which is pursuit of the paranormal cool. congratulations um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be tough. It can In be, a uh, funny kind of way. Very, very tough. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, over 300 episodes uh, we've done. Uh, we were doing three episodes a week at one point. That then sort of came down to two because it was just too much yeah. to yeah, 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 try yeah. and do, as well as UFO stuff as well. And working full-time, it was it was Yeah, it's not easy, is it? <laughs> it, it it's not. It's not. Um, the editing and everything else and the marketing. Um, then a couple of weeks ago, um, the co-host stepped down. And friend yeah. Greg, so he sort of kind of left the podcast after three years, so I'm flying solo uh, with the yeah. podcast now, which is different, but I'm also excited to see how I can kind of develop develop that going forward. Yeah. Well, I was saying to you that similar thing happened with me. Obviously, I'm not going to go into detail, but I, you kind of then you have no option then but to push your boundaries. So I'll step out your comfort zone that extra step again. Yeah, and um, I think it's definitely worth doing, hundred percent. Because because how well uh, we've done and kind of, I mean we've been award nominated. We've had some top guests, like yeah. thousands of listeners in every episode every week. And it's like, do you want to just end it or like we've built, we've worked so hard and built two yeah, yeah. other yeah. things. That I means not massive, but it's it's still relatively big for us. And it's like, oh. do you want to just end it or I need to carry this on? We've built it. Let's just carry on. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, though, even if it's not big, the amount of work and effort and research and time, it t- even to just do one is massive. And to just, I think, just to throw it all away is, yeah. I think, that for me, that'd be the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Definitely. As long as you enjoy doing it, that's the main thing, man. That's yeah. the most important thing. If you enjoy it, keep going. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And like I say, three years on, and still look forward to recording every episode, every guest yeah. we get booked. It's, it can be hard work, but we've never not enjoyed doing it. Which is it, which It's is worth good. the hard work, though, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, good, it's good being this side of it as well, being the guest is a lot yeah. less, less hard well, work. You don't have, yeah, there's no button talk, pressing or just sit there with your arms folded and chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I was just going to say, you were saying about these, because obviously I'm from Manchester, you're not you're not that far away from where I'm from. Mm. It's only a few miles down the road. And I remember, like, in the 90s and that, I was really big into UFOs at the time. And I was about, I think it, it, there's a UFO magazine that was buying. And I think it only come out, like, once every other month. It's like, oh, why can't it come out every week? Yeah, and yeah. there was nothing. And I remember, remember James Stanich on the local radio. Mm. He had some guy on, um, some ufologist. I can't remember the bloke's name. And he had a group going. And my mum used to listen to him. So she took his details down, his phone number and that. I gave him a call. And I ended up up joining this ufology group. But I just never ended up going or doing anything. Pass. Um... Do you know where you go over the tops? No. Oh, right. Do you know where you go over the tops to 
and then there's that sharp hairpin bend going to gloss up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like there's a load of um at the time, like mid to late nineties, there's loads of lights and strange crafts that were being seen in the sky. And we we're supposed to go to that. I don't know, I can't remember what happened. It either got called off or I just didn't go for whatever reason. But that out of because it's like Manchester's a massive place, and out of the whole area, there's like that was the only one group, and they had like eight people or something. There wasn't yeah. many, there wasn't many in it. So yeah, I, I know where you're coming from on that. Yeah, definitely. It's just I mean, it is a shake, like say there's a lot of people, and just to give you a bit of an insight into kind of the, the, the work that we do. Like I say, we have the biggest database in the UK, and every year yeah. we compile an annual report, look at all the sightings from that year, look at all the data, the trends, the hotspots, what's been seen, where, what time, what day, all the stuff. Yeah. Greater Manchester in 2022 had the most was accounted with the most UFO reports out of the whole uh, country. Yeah. So yeah, do you just cover Manchester, or do you cover the whole of the UK? So. We get reports from all over the UK. We've had we've had hundreds of reports submitted like directly to us. Uh, quite a lot yeah. from the northwest, um, but from all over all over the UK. And we do get out and investigate as many as we can. Uh, the, the team of four of us, like kind of one UFO identified. We do all live in the northwest, Liverpool, Preston, and two in Manchester. And we yeah. do go out. We go and meet witnesses. We go to where they had the sighting. We do sort of boots on the ground investigations. Just try to figure out what they are. And it's just, I mean, you can do desk investigations. I mean, you have to for a lot of them just because they're from all over the UK. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's just not the same to me as meeting the witness, standing where they were stood. Like there yeah. was one from uh, Bolton we did. Talk yeah. about talking about Bolton again. Uh, <laughs> it's a potential landing case, really, really interesting one. And we, we met the witness and we were stood in their bedroom, looking out the yeah. window, stood where they were stood. So we can, so we can, get a proper idea of what they saw. Yeah, proper visualise what, what went on. Yeah, he's got Google Earth and stuff, or descriptions, but it's just not the same as being there and yeah. getting a proper yeah. idea of the environment. And then you can see, it's, could it be this thing that's in the like, in the trees or whatever? You get a proper vision of it. So we do get reports from all over, um, but we can't investigate all of them. Uh, but we do get out to quite a lot in, in the Northwest anyway. Yeah. Which is always well, that, good. Yeah, well, I know... I've had at least five UFO encounters in Manchester, ranging from first one when I was about eight or nine, maybe ten, all the way up to late twenties, early thirties. So, and a few of my mates have, but they were like, they weren't, they weren't sure if they'd seen anything or not. But it's like because the part where I'm from, you know, Swinton, um, before they built the second runway. At the back of where I live, that was where the planes used to circle when they was waiting to land at Manchester Airport. So there's obviously loads of planes and not far from Barton. you got all the light aircraft there as well. Yeah, yeah. So it is difficult, but I know the ones I... You know when you're seeing planes like 20 a day, you know what's a plane and what isn't. Yeah. So mm. it does make a massive difference. Because yeah. we, we have one from Didsbury. Um, obviously yeah. not too far from Manchester Airport in Disbury. No, and no. This witness had lived there for 30 years and like they knew the flight paths, they knew uh, what the planes looked like. And their, their sighting was two 
upright triangles. They describe them as like Christmas trees. Oh, right. Yeah. Usually triangles are sort of like downwards moving. Yeah, yeah. But this was like upright triangles moving, two of them moving across the sky. I know like it's 100% wow. not playing. Like, I'm not far from Manchester Airport, but this, like, this, yeah. this wasn't playing. These were two Christmas tree yeah. triangles uh, moving across. And you, like cool. I say, you, you expect that they would know uh, what yeah. players look like. But I, I know, so just gonna say, I know loads of people that have seen the orange or the yellow lights. There's no metal or shape to them, it's just like so it's like a ball of sphere, isn't it? Mm. But there's been loads of I know there's loads sighted around Earlham and Caddy's head, and I, like going out towards Warrington, um, loads around Salford and that, and even over Manchester City Centre. So this was back in like oh. Like early two thousands, yeah. Like two thousand and two, two thousand and three. It's funny you say Warrington. My my sighting, I only had one. Uh, when yeah. I was ten years old, my sighting was in Warrington. Oh, was um, it? Where I used to live when I was a kid. Yeah, um, and that was that was a triangle that was night ninety seven, and it was just a typical three white lights and a one in each corner, ah. and about six seven of us all just saw it, just clear as day triangle, just. Right across the sky. Yeah. Adults oh, were like, that's not a plane, don't know what that is. And then that was the moment when I was like, okay, we don't know what that was. And then they all went right. back to playing football or whatever they were doing. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah. And then 26 no, years no. later, I'm still trying to figure out what that was, what I saw. Yeah. How big yeah. was that? It was probably we about the size of about a 50p, like at arse length. It was quite not big, but quite big. And it like the the sky was darker behind it. Well, when it sort of travelled, so you could tell it yeah. looked like it's a physical craft, and as it, you could clearly see it just straight wow. across the sky. It was, and I never forgot that for twenty odd years. That yeah, kicked off the whole man. interest, really. Yeah. Can you ask whereabouts in Warrington? Uh, yeah, it's Callens, um, Cal- kind of near Gemini. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. that way, like near the IKEA yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say near the um. In- business park side of yeah, it yeah 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 cool now i saw like when you said like 98 one of my last encounters that i had um of a ufo in manchester was 97 98 and that was the one where i seen is like is just a silver ball in the sky shot across did like a blue streak then it all lit up red something the sky opened up it went through and it all closed behind it Wow. So I was coming from Bolton on the spur on the on the East Lanks, going towards mm. Swinton and um, going into town. And as you're coming around the bend, just before you get to Wildly Industrial Estate, it was just there. I had to pull over on the hard shoulder. I thought I was going to throw up everywhere. Wow. Because you can't believe what you've just yeah. seen. Yeah. I lasted a few seconds. I'm like, I'm sat, I'm sweating and everything. It's like pure clear sky and everything. Blue sky. It was a Friday afternoon. I'll never forget it. That's amazing. Amazing, I just man. did that. I was, I'm like, oh, just, you don't know. Even though I seen it, I still don't know what happened. You know what really happened? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's a cool thing to see, man. You were saying yeah. when you when you was ten and, and and all your friends went back to playing football. I had a similar sort of experience when I saw a UFO, and I was about fourteen. And it was during the day, and we all stopped what we was doing because we noticed that there was what looked like a, like a a building in the sky, basically. And it was right in the distance, but we could see it. And it was like an orangey silver colour. And we was watching it for 
five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was. And then we just all went back to playing football. And <laughs> when I think now, I'm like, what? Why? Well, yeah. I can't you... believe we left it. But do you not think, see, this is the, this is the question, I think. And I've asked a lot of people and people have asked me. Not just on UFOs, but cryptids, anything paranormal or eye strangeness, yeah, is do you think that we're giving a message to like go back, carry on doing what you're doing, ignore what's going on here, and then you got and then it's afterwards you think, Shit, I should have stayed. I should yeah, have yeah. like found out more about what was really going on. Yeah, yeah, possibly, man. Mm, yeah, could be or it could be your brain not able to kind of like Say yeah, so like, not seems like, like a portal or building in the sky to like think, okay, let's ignore that for a minute. Let's just do something yeah. normal. Let's try and post a sit like yeah. in the background, maybe. Yeah, well, well it's like when I seen that and I pulled up because I thought I was gonna throw up and I went all shaky and what have you. It's yeah. like your body's way, yeah. Suppose it is your body's way of going, whatever happened, it we don't understand, so just carry on doing what you normally do. That's easy, mm. that's yeah. the easiest, easy, easy path isn't it really have i told you when i took a picture of what i think could have been a ufo and i freaked out and deleted the picture have i ever told you that no so what I, is I up was, with you i don't know man it bugs me to this Ash, day just it's reach like, up and slap him <laughs> it still bugs me but <laughs> the, thing, the picture oh didn't God. prove anything right so i was in you know center parks in norfolk i was in oh yeah, yeah. Uh, alvedon yeah that's it yeah yeah and I was I was taking a picture. I like taking pictures of trees oh and God. stuff. And I was taking a picture of the the trees. And as I was taking it, something shot up into the sky, like super quick. Like, and I was like, oh, what was that? I wonder if I've caught that in my phone. And, yeah. and I've looked. And I didn't catch it in the actual picture. But on iPhone, you can press it, press the the picture down, and it plays like a little video. Oh yeah, you get live photo, don't you? Yeah. So in yeah. the in that video, in the live photo, I caught whatever it was, just shot up. And it was like, you can't make out what it is. It's literally so quick. Like, just but do you have iCloud or Google Photos? Well, I do, yeah. I, did, I don't know if I did then, but what I, I just, when I was looking at the picture, I just got this bad feeling. And I was like, I feel like I, I shouldn't have this. It's really weird, yeah. man, because I love UFOs and everything paranormal. But I was like, I feel like I've got, and I deleted it because I had this horrible feeling. And then I deleted yeah. it from my recently deleted. Oh, so you emptied the recycle bin. And I was like, why have I done that? Would you, <laughs> weird, well, you reckon it'd be worth um, checking your photo cloud and see if there's anything in there? Oh, I could try, man. But this, this was a few years ago now. This is yeah. going back. So it's probably long gone. But I mean, even if I showed you the picture, it doesn't prove anything. It, it's just literally just a quick flash. But yeah. for some reason, it gave me a bad vibe and I deleted it. Really weird, man. Hmm. That's mad. He's just never delete it. Should no, just sleep no. with the demons and keep it's all still, your photos. <laughs> it still bugs me now that I deleted it. I don't know what I was. But just honestly, at the, the moment I took it and I had it, I was like, I've got to get rid of this. Yeah. And that was... No, but that's the thing, though. If you ever, if you, like, I've always said this, and I shall know as well. When you're out investigating, regardless of what it is you're looking for or what you're encountering. When you get that gut feeling, it's you you know what you need to do. Yeah. It's literally go on with get out of there pretty rapid in it. Nine yeah. times out. Listen of 10. to your gut. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do you yeah, so just 
dipping out of the UFO thing. So when you go out investigating, because you do paranormal stuff as well, don't you? Yeah. Because you was down at, was it um, Delamere Forest not so long ago? Yes, Delamere Forest yeah. in Chester. Because I asked you where it was, and he said it, it actually says a little bit Delamere Forest. <laughs> I just didn't read what it said. But when you, when you go out investigating, when you get that feeling... Do you think, do you know what, I'm going to stay? Or do you think, nah, it's that's a warning and I don't want to wait for the second one because it might not be as polite? So there's very, very few occasions where I felt I don't want to be here. I need to get out because I don't get scared easy at all. Uh, put right. me in middle of the forest on my own for the morning, totally. You'll be all right. At all. The, one, the only time I really, there's two occasions. One's a really, really funny story. And one's yeah. more creepy one. The cre- more creepy one was at Canic Chase. Obviously, famous Canic Chase, famous for all yeah, sorts yeah. of different things. And we're at Castle Ring, and which is like kind of like a mound. Yeah, like a bronze yeah, we age, went there not so long ago. Place, yeah, surrounded by trees. So we're in like in the middle bit of this Castle Ring, and we've been doing Essence Methods. Got some really, in fact, I got a really funny story. Now you mentioned Nathaniel Gillis. Oh. Yeah, um, before we we're doing the Essence method on, in Castle Ring, so Greg's doing the questions with Abby, and I'm headphones blindfolded, oh, listening uh, yeah. to the spirit box, and I'm getting names and stuff, and I get the name uh, Nathaniel come through, right on on the on the spirit box. So I say it out loud, Nathaniel, and and when you're doing the spirit box, when you're doing the Essence method, because you're totally cut off, you're just concentrating on the words, and then you sort of associated images that come up and we're yeah. not long interviewed Nathaniel Gillis on the podcast ah so I said I heard the, the, the name Nathaniel which is quite a rare name like, well yeah, yeah. friends and stuff not really Nathaniel yeah um so I had the image of Nathaniel Gillis in my head because that's the yeah. only Nathaniel that I had ever heard of and then a few moments later came comes through the spirit box that's not me I'm not him it's like it knew. I was thinking of a different... Oh, I just got shivers. Um, I got sh- head to It's on. funny because at the time, because when you're there, you're just saying the words. You're yeah. not really putting them together or you're not hearing what the other people are saying. So yeah, you're, you're really shouting out what you're getting and then everyone else around you is yeah. de- dealing with it. Yeah. And then when we watched the footage back and I remember thinking of Nathaniel Gillis and then I said, oh, it's like, oh yeah, I, that's like at this point, I was thinking of Nathaniel Gillis and I had the image of it in my head. Yeah, and then, and then I say, "That's not me. I'm not him." As if it was saying, "Not that Nathaniel. I'm a different." Ah. It's just like, wow, that was really wow. Um, but the, that that's kind of a digress story. That's just no, no, been Nathaniel right. Gillis before. Yeah, that was yeah, really, yeah. Uh, interesting bit. Um, it's a bit later on, and it'd been fine all night. It's about half two in the morning, and all of a sudden, this fog came in, just rolled over into the castle ring, and it went silent. Just uh, no animal noises, no bird noises, just absolutely airy, quiet. And we all, the yeah. three of us, we're all, we're all like experienced, we're all kind of don't get scared of anything. And we all looked at each other at that point and we all said, we need to go. And we literally just packed yeah. our stuff and just walked. And we, it's about a 15 minute walk to, to the car park from where we were. 15, Was you minutes. right over the other side where the houses were? Yes. Dropped down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we had to yeah. walk, and, but it's pitch black, and like it's like a banky. Oh, it's only a little. We're all walking, and we're, we're shining our torches like downwards at our feet, so we're not tripping over yeah. anything. And I was at the back, and I was like, I don't want to look behind me. I'm not looking behind me. 
I'm not looking to the side. I'm just looking straight downwards. Yeah. Just, yeah. Let's just get out. Let's get out. So, I just explain for those who don't know. So it's a, it's a big ring. What would you say? It's about two, three hundred meters all the way around, possibly bigger more. Than, bigger than that, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, I'm crap with distance <laughs> and measurement. So, today it's five hundred meters. So all so on the outside as you're walking around. Say you're walking clockwise. So on your left, it's all like. But it's a bit marshy, isn't it? So it's all like mm. reeds and tall yeah, grass and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if you slip, you're going down there. It's a good seven, yeah. eight foot at least yeah. before you stop. And then on the inside, like the ring itself, that's probably about the same. That's not as overgrown as there. But I'd, I think if I fell in there and was stuck in that middle of it on my own, I'd feel more at risk of something happening to me than being on the outside. Mm. I think because it's enclosed in a ring. I, I, I think it's just that. We only went during the day. And, yeah, even walking around that in daylight is really hard. There's dips in the floor and, you, yeah. yeah. Cool place. It's not easy. Really cool place. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said you had another, <laughs> another a funny one. So this is it's crazy. I'm glad that I have some of this caught on my dash cam. Uh, more of <laughs> our reactions to it rather than what we're All right, okay. Because uh, we've been, went down to Suffolk to see Rendell Sherman. Yeah. All that. So obviously it's totally miles away from, from Manchester. It's like first time I've ever been in my life. Always wanted to go. It's about three and a half hours for you, isn't it? About seven hours it took us to get back. Seven um, hours? Jesus. Which way did you go? By Scotland? <laughs> I'm not the best driver. But <laughs> um, the fact is that long... Deleted some of the dashcam footage I wanted to keep anyway because it all written. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Driving, fact, yeah. I didn't save it, press the uh, save button. Anyway, we'd been in again in the middle of Windlesham Forest. We sort of went to an area in between the two RAF, uh, Air Force bases. And we'd done some investigations, just S's method, shouting out, just recording. Been to- the only two was me and my partner, who's not really yeah. into it, but I'll just drag him along to everything. Against <laughs> <laughs> against his will mostly. Um so we've been there for quite a few hours. It's middle of the night. Felt totally fine the whole night. Nothing happened. The only time it got scary, we heard a load of there must have been a pig farm nearby because all of a sudden there's a load of pigs started squealing. And I was oh, what the hell? Yeah, yeah there's that? loads of pig farms um, around there. Then we once realised what it was, he's like, oh, okay, it's just it just sort of came out of nowhere all of a sudden these pig squealers. Oh my god. Yeah. Um but we were all fine. It was Starting to get cold and a bit wet, so we sort of pack up, walk back to the car. About a ten minute walk from the through the forest back to the car. It was only when I got back to the car and we were starting to pack away, I got a feeling of just need to get out of here. Like no explanation for it, just let's go now. Let's just get everything in the car, just jump in the car and go. Yeah, because like, where we were in the forest, there's nothing around, there's no street lights. It's just little country roads, just dense yeah. forest. There's nobody around. It's again two, three o'clock in the morning. And they got in the car in this little car park. Well, it's quite a car park, it's a clearing kind of where yeah, you can take your car bit to. Less grass and everywhere else. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to put my headlights on. So in my head, I was like, if I turn my headlights on, there's gonna be someone stood there. There's gonna be something yeah. has it as in that kind of state of fright that there's, there's something there. So I pulled out into the road, then put my headlights on. And as we were driving down, hearing a noise on the roof, like a metally clanging noise on the roof. Oh, and then and then it stops. It's like what the hell is like something just fall off the roof. Did I put? I've left some of my equipment on the roof, and it's 
sort of bounce stuff and going oh, forward. Yeah, yeah. I thought I better turn around because in case it is some something that I need. It's back it's back at night, no other cars, small country road. So I turn around, drive really slowly, get out of the car, torches, the road's pretty clear, there's nothing at all around. Get back in the car, I have to drive the, the wrong way, a couple hundred meters to find another turn in to turn around. Yeah. Come back and got to the point where I thought it fell off. Thought it was around here, so headlights on, full beam, nothing to thought, nah, let's just leave it. We need to get out of this. I got that feeling of I need to get we need to get out of here. There's something telling yeah, me that pure dread to get out of here. And I was thinking maybe that noise was trying to get us to stop for some reason. I thought mm. it made me stop and I did stop. And I got that feeling of let's go. I thought it's something trying to make us stop. We carry on driving down the road. <laughs> this is where it sounds crazy. And I'm glad I've got the footage on the dash cam of this. I don't have the footage of what we saw, but our reactions afterwards. It literally just cuts off. Video starts as we're reacting to it. Yeah. In the middle of the road at three o'clock, Mendelssohn Forest, there was a chihuahua. What? Clear as day, little chihuahua dog just stood in the middle of the road. So we start slowing down thinking, there's, I'm like, there's a chihuahua. And it runs off to the side of the road. He's just stood inside the road. So I'm like really slowing down. And my partner's like, why is there a chihuahua in the road? I'm like, I don't know why there's a chihuahua in the road. <laughs> oh my I'm God. Like, and 99.9% of the time, I would stop. I'm, I'm a dog yeah. lover. Um, it's obviously not meant to be here. Like, yeah. no houses. I mean, there's a couple of places, nothing much wow. there. I was like, I would stop 100% of the time and try and help look for look for a taxi, yeah. chips, anything, try and help this little shower. But that feeling of something wants to make me stop oh, took yeah. me over. I was like, I'm not stopping. Wow. Yeah. I am just no. driving out of it. It's pitch black. This is not normal. If it's like a farm dog or something, maybe it'd be a little bit of a yeah, about a chihuahua. What a chihuahua! <laughs> so like you like... said, Rendlesham. There's nothing nearby. You got Wood no. Woodbridge and what's the other one? I can never remember the name of the other one. God, Woodbridge. Someone, will, someone will put it in the chat. It's all right. Rendlesham. Is it? Is it any uh, other reports of the chihuahua? Have you heard that anyone else see it? No, um, so, so we carried on driving and we we clear was on the sat nav, like, why well, had to be a trower, like, and all this stuff, yeah. But we're still like, what the hell? But I'm like, I'm not stopping, I need to get out of here. Go down the road, another probably 30 40 seconds, and all of a sudden, probably about a minute later, all of a sudden, they start jumping across the road right in front of the car, like, loads of them. So I oh, and again and literally feel like I'm so I crapped myself initially, like what the what's happening? And then there's these days just jumping across the road between the two forests on either side. And yeah. again, 99 percent of the time, I'm a city boy, don't see stuff like this in in nature. I would just stop and just watch it. It's the family of day. Let's just yeah. enjoy the scene. But again, I was like, something wants us to stop, and I don't want to stop. So yeah. just foot down, no. maneuvered in between these days. And Can just you... got out of there. And I have that on dash cam where the foot yeah. of the day is jumping in front of the car and us going, I'm not stopping, I'm not stopping, I'm not stopping. <laughs> and, then, and then, yes, I thought, I'm not even, I'll get to the campsite and, well, my glamping site we were staying at and just, yeah. Yeah. Back. And that was just so weird. Like, nothing happened all night. All week we were there, nothing happened. We're doing stuff every night, sky watching all sorts. Nothing happened until this final night. 
this last sort of drive back to the campsite and just these three different things that made me think something wants to make me stop. Yeah. It's putting things in front of me that I would 100% of the time stop for. But I was yeah. like, no, I need to just get out of this situation and get wow. out of this forest. So do you yeah, think weird. whatever it was, was reading your thoughts, that knew what you, it knows how you are as a person. Potentially. So like it was, things there yeah. that's like, we need to stop him. Yeah, like the first one was like, like I thought I'd left something on the roof of the car and I knew I'd have to go back yeah. and make sure I've not left the camera or something or some equipment. And then, yeah, the chihuahua. And then I found me, done this all happened within five minute period. I was like, Jeez. what is happening? I'm, I'm not stuck. It was just so, and I'm Have not like, spoke? I'm more UFO guy, not a paranormal guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm quite skeptical, but this was just, I, I it's just absolutely surreal. Like five Have minutes. you, have you spoke to anyone about it from around the area? No, no. Only Do you want me? You guys? Yeah. I mean, right. Cause I know two people that'd be really good to talk to. There's Alex Lovelock. Right. Who does the lounge on Sunday at seven o'clock? That's who I went when I went to Rendlesham in the summer. That's who I met up with, and he showed me the the the, the real UFO site and not the one that everyone gets told. Yeah. And then he's one of his mates. It's the Elaine who does his modding. Her brother Derek um, Savory. Now they've just done some filming down there. Was it ITV? Did he say Tommy? IT, it's one of the TV channels anyway. They've just done some filming, but they they go down there all the time for like the last 30, 40 years. They're always going down there. So I'm going to be speaking to Alex uh, this week. So if you want me to, yeah, yeah, I mean, do information on, see what he says. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely. I've not really talked to anyone kind of properly about it. I mean, I talked it like on podcasts. It's, it's, it's a yeah, funny, it's a funny story. It's like, it's funny, it's but I'm glad, glad it weren't me. <laughs> no way. It's mad because you, you put you yourself in, in scary situations all the time. And then for you to have that feeling like I've got to get out of here and then to see those random things as well. It's, yeah, yeah, man, it's weird. Even if you think back, back about it, it makes you laugh, but you also think, like, I believe there was something not normal happening in that, yeah. in that period, in that part of the forest. and. I love to go back. Uh, not been back since that was two and a half years ago. Um, I love to go back and go on that yeah. bit of stretch of road again and just see. Does anyone have a traveler that lives around there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> or anything? Yeah, I know yeah. you get a lot Let of people dog walking, <laughs> and I know I know a couple of people that do take the dogs in there at night. But these would be like Alsatians and Labradors. Do you know what I mean? They're not. Yeah, you take it. You take a chihuahua in the middle of a Rendlesham forest at three in the morning, morning and then let it go. <laughs> Can you imagine the, the chihuahua? It's like, oh, there's someone here to help me. <laughs> then you've just gone. Nope. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so did did the chihuahua stop and watch as you drove past? It was, yeah, it was in the middle of the road. So sorry, I saw it with the headlights. I thought, what's yeah. that? And like, it's a, I was like, it's a chihuahua. And then it just walked off to the side road and stopped at the side road. As we, I drove past that. I didn't ever stop. I just really, really slow. Just like, yeah. looked at him and drove past. I was like, I'm not stopping. Wow. Yes. But the, 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 the dash cam footage of us afterwards is just funny. Yeah. We're just like arguing over this chihuahua in the road. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh my God. But the bit that is annoying, I think I could be drove home the next day. 
was like literally the, the records in like three minute batches. The dash, yeah, yeah, yeah. And three yeah. minutes before it would have had the, the shower on it, but right. they only pressed the save recording button when the days happened. And I thought, okay, we've had the shower, the days, I'm gonna record like press save yeah. on the dash cam, but it cut off literally just after the shower bit, which oh. absolutely kicked myself about like literally 30 seconds before. I'd have had that the trial on the dash cam. So At least you didn't have it and delete it. Yeah, <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> that would be ridiculous. I know. <laughs> well, I, I have no words for that person. Well, I have, but I'm not going to say them here. You got to listen to your gut, man. You got to yeah. listen to oh, your gut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> people like when I do the live streams when I go out investigating some. Of, in the chat are guilty of doing it they go why don't you go back and have a look you're all right you're sat in your house nice and well <laughs> i'm out in the middle of a cemetery with all this yeah. weird stuff going on i'm not going back having a look sometimes i want to but you just know not to and it's that you've got you do have to go with that i don't care what anyone says yeah because if yeah. you don't you just it might be the last worst decision or yeah. decision ever that you're you're gonna make so yeah yeah, I'm yeah not, we're, I'm we're not joking about it, but it's dangerous joke. stuff, isn't it? Like, who knows what happens if yeah. you go against that, go against your gut, right? You might regret it. But it's like I've always said, you you don't know what you're up against. If it's a person, you kind of know, like you yeah. can work the odds out. But when it's something that you can't see, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And you, you don't even know how powerful they are and what, what type of energy it is. So, yeah. If anyone wants to come out and be a, I don't know, bodyguard, <laughs> scout, whatever, you can <laughs> happily come along and deal with it. Oh, well, we just do the investigation. <laughs> but, <coughs> but I think I'm going to be going um, Rendlesham between... Well, between the New Year and Easter, because they're not Easter's at the end of March or something this year, so it's not too bad. So if you fancy mm. it, here's a shout. Potentially, yeah, definitely. It's on my list of 24th, because it was 21 when I went. Um, was definitely it? on my list to go back uh, 24, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just like, it's such a trek, literally. There's no direct way of getting there, it's just... I know. It's, just, it's like me, because I know it's just off the A fourteen, but when you come off the A fourteen, it's another twenty minutes drive, or twenty twenty five minutes to the nearest point where you can park, where the the giant uh, lemon juicer is, is what people call it. So, but it's like Alex and Derek; they know all the trap numbers. So as you're driving down, you'll see the gaps between, and it'll have a painted number like red and white. But he said they move him about. He says he surely does it to confuse people. They do it to confuse everyone. Right now. So what do you... Where would you say has been the most captivating place that you've been investigating? So um, I would have said Cannock Chase had I not been to um, my haunted hotel earlier this year. In Chester, uh, Yale King's Head, we had we spent one night there uh, a few months ago, and it was the most active, incredible night I've ever. Because yeah. there's been so many paranormal investigations, UFO 
can investigations skywatches where nothing happens it's just they, they can be boring it's hours in the yeah. cold um like when like when the week nothing happened all week until the final night and my haunt hotel so big fan of the show and youtube and everything they do and a big fan of danny moss i've watched all this stuff so it's very hyped up because they have so much stuff happening i thought there's no way that like this can all be happening and so thought we ended up we ended up like being invited to go yeah um so i spent the night there a few months ago and it was just <laughs> incredible i i was buzzing for literally weeks afterwards really? i just couldn't stop talking about it um, and having experienced quite a few different things that was just a different level yeah totally to start the whole night from the start it just kicked off and just didn't stop it's just stuff happening after each other yeah. a lot of stuff on camera like with point hotel it's all video camera uh, yeah we, we featured in a couple of episodes using like some stuff that we experienced and they use some of my camera footage in the show because um, like, i captured some good stuff on my camera yeah yeah um, and it was just yeah that's when we're going back uh soon just because i just couldn't believe the amount of kind of action we had in like a short period of time and just and it can't some of it some of the stuff just can't be like for me i can't debunk how this stuff was happening it's just we were yeah. there we were just like i was with greg and a friend of ours and we we're just looking at each other like what the like yeah how, what's going no, on there's no way to explain any of this it's just absolutely incredible Wow. Now you'll have to let us know how you get on. Yeah, I mean, we had, it seemed like intelligent responses. Um, yeah. From the get, because there's lots of like knocks and stuff. And we were in room five to start off with. We were doing the basic, like, if anyone's there, can you make a knock? And then it's just like, it's like, okay, it could be anything, it could be a knock. If that was you, can you knock again? And it just goes, yeah. Knock. Okay, okay, so it could be the pipes, whatever. We said, can yeah. you knock twice so we know that we're actually communicating with someone? Clear as day. And about five minutes later, I'm sat near about two feet away from the door to the room. And loud as day, clear as day, two massive bangs on the door, two feet away from me. So I know someone banged on that door. Yeah. So, so we were straight away on the radio, it's like to the control room. We're like, just had two bangs on the door. Can you, is anybody out there? Is anybody knocked? So then they came up five minutes later with the iPad and they shown us the footage. So the room yeah. was empty. The corridor showing the door was empty. And then, yeah, clear as day, two foots, loud as anything, on, on the door. And it's like the door out next to the door and it was like, it was definitely 100% someone knocked on that door. That was just insane. And then later on, we're down in the brothel room. And this is where I had my camera. We got this big, massive oak table, big, heavy table. And we just sat there. And then all of a sudden, there was a massive foot and the table like jumped up as if someone had hit it. There's only three of us on this table. Yeah. So me and the person we were with were like, just feel that. I said to Greg, like, do you feel that? And he was at like, the top end of the table. He's like, no. Like, did you like knock the table with your leg or something? He's like, no, no, no. I'm nowhere near like a leg or anything. And then on the footage, my camera was on the camera, in the uh, um, full spectrum camera, like GoPro, yeah. was on the end of the table. And my camera, jumps when the foot happens like proper leaves the table then lands oh. again the foot was underneath from the table that hard like, and you hear it and then they, they use that footage in the uh in the in the tv show and then we yeah. asked we had the intro box going like a spirit box with some words and stuff and we and we're getting responses again and we said 
someone was with us in room five, are you with us now? And it went, yes, out of the like, inch box machine. So you're like, yeah. okay, okay. And the person we're with says, if that's you, can you copy me again? Can you make this sound on the table? And she did like a pattern, like a like that. And literally yeah. three seconds later, the exact same exact same noise back but just from the bar just behind us and there's no way like and again straight away we were like can you set that on the cameras and it's all caught on the cameras and there's yeah like no way we could have explained how it could have matched that pattern like to the exact tone and pattern and everything and to have it all on camera as well yeah um, to look back and like see it's just like that night was just absolutely incredible I, i still buzz about it now it's about six months ago and I still buzz about now. It's just some of the things yeah. that happened. Like there's just so much going on. It's just can't explain. Like a lot of yeah. it. It's just incredible. See, I've never had anything like that. I've had bits and pieces here and there, but not like continuous one after the mm. other after the other. Never. I mean, it sounds like no. a lot, but I mean that's these last two sort of stories I told. I mean, that's yeah. quite the two notable ones out of like dozens and dozens of nothing yeah. happening. Yeah. Often. obviously they stand out just because of how intense yeah. it but was. it's good i think it's good though that you do go out sometimes and nothing happens because it just proves that you can't go out every single time and get something and it, it's you could go to the same like i don't know it was who said it but you can go out to the same place 100 times and you just get something once so it's not that's how people know I suppose who's faking it and who's not. Hmm. That's similar to UFO investigations because like mo- vast majority of our investigations we do, we yeah. find out we have an explanation for it. Um, right. And we, we publish them like investigations and articles as much as we do the ones we don't know what they are. Because if every yeah. single investigation we did, all oh, this is a genuine, we don't know what it is. You think like yeah. not all of them can be. Whereas nine out of ten we do the investigation, we put the, the report up on the website and it's, yeah, we believe it was this, it was this, it was that, it's not unexplained. So there's a couple yeah. that we have got that are, we, we, where we say we don't know what this is. I think that yeah. like, sort of has a bit more credence to it because there was, if, if every single one we did, we say, oh yeah, this is a genuine UFO. Then yeah. I think, nah, if, everything you see, you think it's a UFO, whereas we do identify 90% of the investigations that we do. Yeah. It's, it's just part of it, part of the, the job, really. Yeah. So do you use, like, flight radar and that so you can see what, what's up in the sky? Yeah, there's, there's tons of apps we use. Flight radar, yeah. satellite um, apps, the planet apps, um, balloon, like, high altitude balloon apps, uh, meteor tracking apps. There's so many yeah, different that, kind yeah, of ones. And, and, like, even if we don't think it's any of them, we just kind of have, like, a checklist where we just check it off. We just make, just, even though we think that's... Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't think it's this, but let's just check it off and we can just say we've done a for a kind of job yeah. job on it. Yeah. It would be good if everything you seen was something <laughs> what it shouldn't be, wouldn't it? It'd be great. But unfortunately, it's not. And what does he say? It's only like two percent of everything you see can't be explained. Mm. So yeah. but it's a big two percent. So a lot of the reports we get, because I give them like a like a triage, a quick I'll have a quick read of it, and a lot of time I can be like, "Yeah, that's this or that's that." Without you'd have yeah. to do anything further. I still will. I still always document everything. So when I go back to the person that's reported, because there's so many places you can report a UFO to. Um, yeah, 
And I appreciate people reporting to us. So make sure do a thorough appreciate that they've chosen us to report it to. Yeah, obviously yeah. We're, we're small compared to Mufon or Newfork or some of the other UFO groups in the UK. Um, so to just kind of, they've chosen us. We had hundreds of reports submitted directly to us and we're just so appreciative of people choosing us and make yeah, sure yeah. we do a full job. And we always say, even even if I, I 100% know that that is, say, Starlink or whatever, or the ISS, lowest put, we believe it's highly likely that this is this. And then this yeah. is why. I can show screenshots of where the ISS was at that time and all that type of stuff. And sometimes right. I still yeah. don't accept it. Some people just, like, they had UFO sight and they don't want to accept that it's not a UFO. They want to accept yeah. that it's just a satellite or whatever. Well, a lot of them, they are, oh, yeah, thanks, I didn't know about that. I didn't know what lens flare was or things like that. And it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah we always do a thorough kind of investigation, even if we know what it is. Or we believe it's be something like Starlink can be identified pretty quickly and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. That, that's a good way of doing it, I think. Because it's like you're not just saying, oh, we think it's this because blah, blah, blah. But then you actually give them the evidence of why yeah. you back it up with, like you said, with images and data and all that. Yeah. yeah. Then, it, yeah then if you don't cool, accept that. it, because a lot of people come back and be like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, that's what you're like, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to engage anymore with you. You submitted your yeah. report. I detailed what it is, what I think it is, and why. And then you'll just, yeah. some people just refuse to accept there because they want they want that sighting don't they that's what it is yeah yeah cool um we've got a question so this is from ryan and he's asking where is the northern ufo hotspot cool um so looking at last year's data 2022 that's like the full the last four year data Uh, we've got like i mentioned before is Greater Manchester. Uh, I'm just pulling up the my report from last year. Uh, yeah, 18 page report on like was our report last year. So I'm just looking at yeah. that. So the northwest as a whole was the second most popular area to have a site in. Southeast was the first, uh, but within out of all the counties, uh, yeah. Greater Manchester was uh, the highest. I'm just trying to how many sightings it actually was yeah, i've got it at the end of the report somewhere uh, but yeah greater manchester and that seems to be a trend that happens quite a lot um, yeah so it's only 26 reports uh, but that's the most kind of highest county yeah uh, 26 and that's reported sightings so the general kind of feeling is that only 10 to 15 percent of reports yeah. actually reported somewhere sightings are reported yeah. and last year there was a 497 UFO reports made in the UK from the different sources that we use, which is yeah. probably around 12 to 15 different sources. So it's 497, which doesn't seem like a, a big amount. With only 10 to 15% of reports are actually, sightings are actually reported somewhere, then that number's more like 4,000. Yeah. Like rather than four, yeah. like 497. So it's just about getting as many, as much data as possible. And just drawing it all into our database, we had as big a data set as possible to then look at all the data and figure out where what's been seen yeah. and where. Yeah, <coughs> sorry. Do you get many reports around Jodrell Bank? No, um, it's been a couple around like Macclesfield, like that area. Um, yeah, but nothing 
Nothing specifically, really. I thought there'd be a lot around there. So, Jodrell Bank, where it is, it's a load of satellite dishes. I think in it, what in the main one, one of the biggest ones, it's the biggest one in the UK, I think. The, yeah, definitely. Like, I think at one time it was like the biggest one in the world or something. I think, yeah, I know it's a bit, it was the biggest was. in Europe. Um, you yeah. can actually go inside the, di the dish and all that. Yeah, the Lovell it, telescope is massive. Is massive. But that's like that's not far. That's not too far from Manchester Airport, is it? No, no. I just thought it'd be a great place to go. Yeah, it's right out in the sticks. It's like the science street. You're driving down. It's like there's nothing down there. Then you just come to like end of a day. The massive satellite dish right in front of you. And like yeah. loads of little little ones scattered about. But um, I thought there'd be quite a few around that area. Not what we've. Uh, but no, we've but saying that though, there's not. It isn't very residential, is it? You've got like no. your farmhouses here and there. So if there's nobody about to witness it, you're not going to get any reports. And one thing mm. on kind of on that kind of most popular place to see places, obviously Greater Manchester is very densely populated. Yeah. Um, so as part of our report, we take that into consideration. So we have kind of two sections through the data where we look at sheer number of reports. So this region had this many reports in terms of just how many physical reports. Then we also yeah. look at the population. So how dense an area is. And we worked out a formula to give a number of basically how many UFO reports there are per 250,000 population. Right. Yeah. So that obviously, so then you're taking that into consideration. Because obviously there's a million people living in one place and 10,000 people live in another place. There's going to be more in that where there's 10 million people living just because the numbers yeah. of people. Whereas our data takes that into account. Then we yeah. have like a league table based on population. And, and when you look at the kind of, we have a table of how many reports and then the table of how many reports per 250,000 people. And it changes quite a lot. So you can sort of see, yeah, like Wales, certain places of Wales have a lot less people, but more reports. And um, so they come sort of per person. So it sort of brings them up. There's more likely to see UFO there just because there's like, in those less people, there's still a more substantial amount of, because people always say like, "Oh yeah, Great Manchester," or like South South East and stuff. There's a lot of built-up cities. A lot of people living yeah, there. Yeah. Which is true. So that's why we look at the population just to say, "Yeah, that is true." But we we do take that into consideration as part of the sort of data analysis each year. Cool. Thank you. Right. Do one more question before we go for a break. Is that all right? Yep. All right. So this is from Joe, the moderator. She's asking. Does Ash think UFO and cryptids are connected? Thank you. So when we first started the podcast uh, with my, my, my friend Greg, so yeah. I was the UFO guy and he was the paranormal guy. I never really been on the panel investigation. I had like a ghost experience a couple of years before that, but not yeah. that big of an interest. And he messaged me and said, like, he's always wanted to be a podcast, uh, do a podcast. He's part of a like, paranormal group in Oxford. Do yeah. you want to do a podcast together? Like we can, you can sort of be the UFO guy, and I can be the paranormal guy. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. It could work well. And at the start, I was always it's separate camps. It's UFOs, UFOs, Bigfoot's Bigfoot, ghosts are ghosts, that sort of stuff. Dogmen are dogmen. But the more we did the podcast, the more people we spoke to, the more research we did ourselves, the more times we went out there, figured that it is, it is all related. Um, yeah. It's got to be all be connected. It's all we don't know what any of this stuff is. And no. when, I went to, when I went to Delamere Forest, um, yeah. 
I spoke about with with, with Danny Moss and his his, his, his Swiss TV show, the Paranormal Investigator. We were doing a CE five type episode, yeah, which is like the conscious calling out to whatever beings were up there to show themselves to us. And I'd never done CE five before. Always had an interest. Always been skeptical. Yeah. I'm I'm like the data, the facts, the something physical. The science point behind it. Well, they've yeah. been able to call something with your mind. So I, I cannot yeah. meditate. I tried for my life to meditate. I cannot just get into that zone. Just can't do it. Uh, but I tried it for yeah. for this like this TV episode. First time I'd ever done it. We had this guided meditation with, with a with a seasoned CE five practitioner. Yeah. And then as we throughout the episode. That's like how we started the episode doing the CE5 and calling out to like whatever it is that shows himself in the sky. And then yeah. we sort of moved on to more in the forest and like more like ghost type, well, more like paranormal stuff. And then yeah. we're calling out, and I was just thinking so when you're kind of doing a ghost investigation, you're calling out, you're asking for something to show themselves <laughs> to let them know you're there. When you're doing yeah. CE5, you're calling out, you're asking them to tell them that they're there to show themselves. How, how do we know it's not the same thing? They're just displaying themselves in a different way. Yeah, like that that UFO that comes when they see you five. Why isn't that the same as a spirit that reacts when you ask it to to knock on a wall? It might be the same. Whatever it is, entity, whatever. We're just asking it to show itself in a different way, but it is the same. Whatever showing itself, and so it's kind of my. My sort of opinions on it has gone from it's all completely separate to actually there's no reason why it can't be the exact same thing or at least related to to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, do, I believe it's all connected. But I mean, I don't know how. It just then how does it does it all come from the same place or does it come from different places but they kind of meet in the middle of summer? I don't know. Mm. Ain't got a clue. That's, I just that's, know that's, the, uh, that's the excitement of it. That's the uh, yeah. That's what makes it so intriguing. It's just trying to figure yeah. out these these threads and these connections to. to yeah, each other. but do you think I've asked this to a few different guests? Do you think though, once we say say we was to find out what the connection was, do you think then that's it? We're just gonna oh right, we know where it is now. Um, what do we do? Um, I'm going to answer this on a bit of a more UFO side because I gave a talk in Wales a couple of months ago yeah. and we did a section on kind of all the developments in the USA and the latest kind of disclosure stuff. And one of the questions at the end from one of the audience was, what do you think disclosure is and what do you think happens next? Like, yeah. this is kind of a similar kind of thing. Like, once we know what yeah, it yeah. is, what's the next thing? And the answer I gave was, at this point, I don't think it matters what disclosure is. These people are still having experiences. People yeah. have traumatic experiences. People have PTSD after having these experiences. Yeah. But what we try and do, you have identified, is we give people a place where they can go, get support, talk to other people. So we, we started our meetings. We've had people that come to our meetings and they come for a couple of months, they're a bit quiet and they want to get more confidence. They then tell their story and they come to us afterwards and they're like, that's the first time I told anybody my story in 30 years. I've never had the confidence yeah. to tell someone I've kept that inside, bottled that up for 30 years, but you've been able to give me that space to actually say it out yeah. loud. And yeah, I know yeah. I'm not going to be thought I'm crazy. And it's about, and there's quite a lot of stuff in the minute with like how we support people that have bad experience. Cause you can't go to a doctor 
like I'm suffering from depression or anxiety or PTSD because I was abducted by aliens, as you can for any other traumatic event. But the, even if the event's different to like other traumatic things, yeah. the effects on the person is still the same. But you can't sort of say that kind of symptom for it, the the cause of it. But we still need to treat them as if, and even if, like in some cases where either they've imagined it or they've interpreted something different, and it's maybe not what they think happened exactly happened, they still yeah. have that trauma from it. Yeah. So they still need somewhere to get support to deal with that trauma, whereas there isn't anywhere to do that. So we we're yeah. trying to do our bit at least to have give give a place give a safe space a platform for people to be able to share that with someone and that's and even if we like say we did know what everything was if he said yeah this is the full truth and we believe them yeah. and this is what it is we're still going to be doing the same thing still helping them people try and understand yeah. what they saw what they experienced and just kind of just be there for for the people yeah. which i think yeah, is, yeah. is important yeah yeah that that's a lot of respect for you for doing that. Really have. Yeah, man. He's like, like, yeah. Sorry, Tommy. Like you said, it's like, even if I, I thought about this quite a lot because I have a lot, like, loads of different encounters and a lot of people that that have us as well. Whether it's happened out there or in there, it doesn't matter. It's mm. you've still experienced it. Yeah. So, you, like you said, you're still going through the trauma. You're still going through. You're still trying to process what's gone on. So you still need that. They're on backup, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like we've so. had people in tears and um, like the comment, like the, the hugs, and it's like I'm so thankful. Like you can't do it without yeah. you, and all this stuff. And then that makes it. I mean, that makes everything. Yeah. That's why I do. Because like, I literally started to identify because I wanted to be a part of something, a group, or something like doing something. We couldn't yeah. get anything, couldn't find anything, so I'll just set up on my own, and then to have. People saying that to 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 me and the team, they like saying it's four of us. Just like yeah, that that's why we do that. Makes everything all the time, the hours, the cost makes yeah. it all makes it all worthwhile. We can help one person. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, definitely. Right on that note, before we get too emotional, <laughs> go for a quick break. <laughs> so get your questions in ready for the second half, and we'll see you in three minutes. See you then.
Hello, welcome back. Evening. Um, glad you're still with us. <laughs> You've been messing with the lights. There's some reason I think my face is like really pink. On I've oh, with mine's the, green. The I think it's bit. off Tommy's shirt. <laughs> it's got me. That glow. I've got a ring like that, and it's on like bright white. And the teeth look green. Look, <laughs> good sign, is it? I won't wear green anymore. Yeah, like that. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> Well, I'm having issues tonight. Oh, <laughs> and I apologise. We wanted to sneak out. My boy woke up and was right yeah, upstairs. Yeah, I, I guess that. Hey, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs> right. Um, got a few more questions for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing them in any order. So this is from Sober Carper. So he's one of the guys who we meet up with, and we go to, uh, not Rendlesham, Canuck. Awesome. So. Uh, oh, sorry. So his question is fair play, Ash, for your approach to people regarding the phenomena. My question is have you ever had anyone take advantage of your approach and being full of it? So I guess my kind of take on this question is I mean, both with the podcast when we've interviewed people and reports we get, uh, yeah. we've had clear, clear hoaxes. Um, we had a funny one sent to us where. This is from, I think this is from Salford actually. And he said he was just walking back to his house and there was an alien stood by a car. He managed to take a video of it and he might send us the video if he thinks he can trust us and all this stuff. Straight away, he just like, okay, spidey senses. Let's, but let's, let's, let's see what he's got. Let's see if we can get him to send us this video. And the video he sent us in the end was a three second clip and it was an extreme close up of. A grey alien clearly like makes a paint or something. Um yeah. and it's like, yeah, let's just not entertain this uh this guy anymore. So that's kind of more of a, a jokey one, where it's clearly like this guy. He must have been literally stood a foot away from him to get this close up of a of a yeah. video of this this alien that he'd seen in a car park in Salford. Um <laughs> but like we interview people and the approach we've always took is we weren't there. 
Um, yeah. We didn't experience it. So kind of who are we to judge if I think someone's lying? I might have kind of thoughts and I, in the back of the thinking, okay, so my opinion is I think this guy's full of it. Or yeah. There's, there's no way of that. But like we, when we give a platform to people, especially on the podcast, yeah. let them tell their story. We don't make judgments on it. Um, let them tell their story. It's up to the audience to kind of listen to it. Do you want to believe it or not? There's only been one time yeah. where we've interviewed someone and we've not put it out. I just thought, no, like this guy's clearly. It was like he had a checklist of every kind of trope or like typical kind of thing. And it's like you're ticking off every single one of them as he went through. Like, it's like, yeah, no, this this guy. That's the only time we've not put something out because I just thought this guy's full of it. Uh, but it's not that often. Um, most of the times, like I say, when you're talking to people and you're seeing their faces, like on video yeah. camera or whatever. You can kind of get a feel for people, and I think obviously yeah. some people yeah. are liars or stuff, or they believe what they're telling you, um, and that's what it comes across like they're being genuine. Um, but yeah, like I say, we don't judge, and it's kind of just let you tell your story. I'm gonna keep my most of the time, I keep my opinions about it to myself and just yeah. let, them, let other people make that decision. Uh, but generally, on the whole, not not that many really. And I like I say, I'll, I just get along with most people. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Tommy, do you want to read the next question? I'll pop it up. Yeah, I'll read it. There you go. Does Ash get any reports from Southampton, Hampshire? Uh, yeah, so the South East is, yeah, it was the most number of reports last year in 2022, uh, the South East, which like sort of Southampton, Hampshire falls under. And I, I saw this question, so I did kind of bring up my database and have a quick hey. look. Uh, in the southeast, because we have our database, like they have the whole of the UK, and then you can go by region. So, oh, right, north, okay. west, southeast, London, northeast, whatever, and look at sightings from like that region. So, just looking, we do get quite a few uh, from, yeah. from Hampshire well, and Southampton. Um, so, there's like this one here, which is, uh, wait, this one's quite, I thought it was quite, quite a funny way people describe things. We get so many different descriptions of how people see it, how they try and like sort of describe it to other people. And this one, uh, find it. so this was from Portsmouth on November 16th, uh, 2022. This was in daytime as well. Oh. It's got, and it's described it as an invisible craft with only lights visible. It covered three quarters of a mile in seconds. It moved like a cement mixer with fairy lights on. This, oh. How that these like so so with that you're probably thinking like lights sort of maybe rotating, yeah, like fairy lights. So just like the way people describe things, like a cement mixer, um, with fairy lights. <laughs> just like I thought that was, was quite funny. Sort of stood out, yeah, um, <laughs> a little bit. There's one from let's find this one from Southampton. Did you see one Southampton? Uh, this one was a boomerang shaped, uh, large white boomerang shape, just hovering above Southampton. That was in August 2022. Uh, so we do get quite a lot from kind of that area. Another one from Southampton, again, August the 8th, 2022. That was um, two round-ended cylinders banded with different colours along the object, flying very close to each other. As with our database, we have kind of, kind of like a brief description. So we have yeah. a location, kind of brief description, one, one or two sentence description, and then shape, what the source is, where it came from 
how long it was seen for and any evidence pictures videos sketches uh, whatever so that's a couple that i've uh, just quickly found from yeah UFO identified that call the uk databases on there and you can kind of just like say go to the southeast look up hampshire look up, there's one for each year um yeah for each year and see what's been seen in in your area and there's a map, yeah. map actually if you google uh daily mirror ufo map we've worked with the daily mirror quite a lot this year and they put together a big exclusive ah, okay interactive oh. map so you put your postcode in and it, yeah it's based off our database put your postcode in and it basically go to your area and then it has like little ufo source and you click on it as like details of sightings around your postcode and uh, you can, right. like, zoom out and see more sightings and stuff so that was a really good um thing from uh the mirror actually they worked, worked well with them they've been uh, really good cool thank you for that uh <coughs> so i got a couple more well i've got loads of questions now <laughs> um so this is from ryan again uh he's asking have you has ash ever investigated sherwood forest no, I would love to. Um, I've done Delamere, um, yeah, one in Forest <laughs> and Witness, just weird. Uh, Cannock, Rendlesham, yeah. Uh, I've been up to North Yorkshire Moors as well, uh, but not Sherwood, but definitely. I love, I love outside investigations. Yeah. There's something about it. I mean, there's a lot of noises, there's a lot of wildlife. You have to discount a lot of stuff you might sort of hear and see just because it's wildlife, but just being out there is just, um, yeah, just a little love being outside yeah. investigations. There's something about yeah. being no, in I love it as well. Yeah, you can't beat it, can you? No, it's good. It's better when the weather's nice as well. I'm not absolutely chucking it down, but you can't have everything. <laughs> yeah, we got soaked when we went canic. Absolutely. So uh, we, got, we got to yeah. drink twice just to go to a pub and just dry off because it was that torrential rain. Yeah. But thankfully, at the night time, it sort of eased off and we were able to go to Castle Ring and. No, we did it the other way around. We went to the pub first and got soaked. It's just like, we just couldn't do it. We couldn't because I was using the iPad and that for filming. Mm. And we had the tarp over top of us and it was just battering it down. There's me, Simon, and um, Sober. And so we did a quick test on like the recording. And you could hear what we were saying, but you could. It was really muffled because of the sound of the rain. It's like it's just no point sitting here. So it's crap, but it just happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it's That's a shame. People like trying to get everyone together the same day, and then you get yeah. washed out. It's just yeah, it's a pain. Yeah, we I mean, we did have activity. Can I just tell you quickly about something that happened? It was similar to what happened with you at Rendlesham. So we was part of. No, it, it was weren't far from the tower. Did you say the tower? Chihuahua. Oh no, no. Well, it could have been the Chihuahua. <laughs> but um we were parked up near Brockton. Joey go in, you've got all the little bays for parking hmm. at Canuck. So we was like we'd parked up, there's three cars. So there's me and Warren in one, Simon, my cousin in his van. Oh, Sober had gone home. He had to go back. But, um, so we sat, it's like about half two in the morning. And Simon's got a van. So he's got like the old CB aerial. So it's like six foot to the top of his van. Then his aerial's another eight foot. And he, I didn't, I was well away. Um, 
but he he was only part what four or five foot away from where we was. We had the windows open about an inch. Joe used to let the air free. This is middle of summer, so it was like about twenty two degrees at that time. So, um, the next day he was telling us that he heard a twang on the aerial. I don't know if it happened two or three times. He'll put it in the chat in a minute. <coughs> and he, we thought oh, it could have been a bird or an owl, like something flying into it and knocking it. Because if they was to something climb up, they'd have to climb up on the van, reach over and grab it and do it that mm -hmm. way. So where we was parked, we had a good four foot behind us, away from like the banking and the trees and that. But then, he, oh, it happened three times. So... What he did, he climbed up on the van and worked out where it was. And you know the, the magnet on the bottom? For it to make that noise, it wasn't something twanging the aerial. It's something actually grabbing the magnet and trying to lift it off. Wow. So something was doing that. With what he said, he didn't hear or see anything climbing up on the van. So this must have been something with like a nine-foot reach just to try and pull this thing off or it was doing it from an aerial position wow. so I, I don't know foul man's knocking around canic now he's me from car i had no idea but there was definitely something doing that wow yeah see i didn't i i didn't hear it i was i was snoring everything at that point <laughs> so <laughs> Well, he heard it, and then I think my cousin heard it as well. So, but they said it's just all I mean, just like you at the end, it like a, I don't know what you call them, makes that like whipping type noise. But he said you, you couldn't do it with that. You've got to actually lift the base up. So, yeah, so it could have been a 30 foot chihuahua. You never know. It'd be creepy, though. That, that would be creepy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm kind of glad I didn't hear it because I don't think I'd have been driving home at that point. Yeah, and there's no there's no marks on the cars or on his van. Like I said, because it was summer and it's like them roads are pretty dusty. So there's quite a bit of dust. And there's no, didn't notice anything, no fingerprints, no footprints, nothing like that. So I don't know what it was. But there's a few other bits and pieces that went on. We couldn't say, oh, 100% it was this. Mm -hmm. You know, just we just get little things here and there. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't add up. It was more that than anything else. So, yeah, I just thought I'd add that in quicker. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, so Ryan is asking, do you have a YouTube channel? Um. Yeah, and no, we do have a YouTube uh, for the podcast, which basically because it's more of an audio only podcast, uh, yeah. on Spotify and every, anywhere since a podcast, but we do upload the audio to YouTube, uh, which is just right, Pursuit okay. of the Panel. Just Google, uh, well, YouTube says Pursuit of the Panel podcast, and it's just basically there's no videos, it's just the audio basically of yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the podcast. So it is a YouTube, but it's not really, yeah, it's not it's audio only, kind of not do anything, it's just the or your version of the podcast on YouTube. Yeah. Just somewhere else like, people can listen to it. Yeah, it's like with this. After this, I download... So I'll download the video, so I've got an hard copy of it. So if anyone decides they want to delete it, I've got it on the hard drive. But I also download the audio and re-upload it to go on podcast as well. Hmm. Yeah. So then, yeah. 
which is kind of starting to have. I've been doing it since June, July. So there's not, there's not that many on there. It's only really like what last five six months. So mm. hopefully it'll pick up. All right. Um, next question is from Ogerty, or AKA Elaine, and she is asking a uh, question for Ash. Why do you think that people are being abducted for what reason? That's a that's a question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I mean, I. Always go back to kind of probably the, like the more popular theories of like testing, uh, maybe seeing where we're up to in human evolution, uh, that type yeah. of thing. I don't think it's for anything kind of nasty or ulterior kind of motives. Although, although some people do have kind of traumatic and are treated yeah. badly in, in experiences and stuff. Um, I think on the whole, I think it is more of a scientific approach. I think if they were going to really kind of be like evil or whatever i think we'd have a lot more of it if they had that kind of yeah. power um because evil tends to kind of take over um when you sort yeah. of get a bit of power i've been seeing throughout history that someone gets a bit of power and they, they go too far with it um, whereas i think with with abductions and stuff and similar to, to cattle mutilations and like cattle abductions and stuff it's for my my personal opinion is that it's more a science i do believe it is happening i believe yeah. it's for like a, more of a scientific approach and then because most of the time especially ones that we know of they, they they come back they are put back they're not like kept yeah. well, obviously there's a lot of missing people and stuff where we don't know where they could have been took and kept uh, but yeah. a lot of the cases they do come back um a lot of times don't remember what happened so it's like they don't want to give us that torture to give us to keep us their memories yeah, yeah. yeah you have like the missing time and stuff where so i think if they were like doing it for like evil reasons they wouldn't kind of treat you well kind of bring you back try and make you forget it i don't think that would be a part of it yeah it was like evil so that's my sort my overriding opinion on, on no, no. Cheers for that. um next question carries on uh well follows on from that do you want to read it out tom yeah it is from uh, um simon how many abduction reports do you get in a year ash we have never had any uh oh. sadly um all the reports we've had have been just gen general ufo type of reports um we had one landing case um which was the one in bolton uh, apart from that they generally i'd love to to have something like that obviously I don't want it to happen to that person but to, for them yeah, to come yeah. towards with it um and then yeah we yeah but sadly we've not sadly you know what i mean uh, we've not had kind yeah. of that kind of high strangeness um case yet you never know what will what will come. The closest we've had is a, a landing case, like I said, um, in, in Bolton. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So yeah, um, zero. Sorry. So yeah, zero um, reports a year. You probably get hundreds coming in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring it. Bring it. Yeah. Right. Um, next one is from Ryan again. He's asking, "Do you have any reports from the East Midlands area?" I'm guessing you do. Uh, so yeah, and just Leicester. We'll say Leicester. Leicester. Okay, the East Midlands is one of our kind of least reported areas. Right. Um, straight away, I was like, we don't get many from the, the East Midlands. And that's across the whole, like, New Farm, New Fork, everywhere yeah. else. There's just not many, not I think many reports. Because um, the East Midlands is very rural. There's a lot of countryside. Because I'm in Northampton, 
as soon as you're out of North, oh, you don't even have to be out of Northampton, but once you get into this, like the suburbs, there's like you go down the road, like four or five, it's just farmhouses, and there's no, you might get a little village with like six, seven houses, in it and that's it. So, so there's, you a, a lot, there's a lot of that than built up areas. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And just give you kind of a quick idea of the number of reports. Mm-hmm. So in 2022, there's a total of 28 reports in from the East Midlands as a whole. Yeah. There's 13 in Derbyshire, like I say, quite populated Derby and around the yeah. area. Three from Leicestershire, five from Northamptonshire, seven from Nottinghamshire, and zero from Rutland. So not yeah. many, really. Like, ah, Rutland. I seen a um, orb in Rutland. Did you report it? No. Can I report it now? <laughs> there <on> you it? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I was where I'm working now, so it'd be what four years ago. I was on the phone to the missus. She was on her way to work, and I'm going to from Northampton, going to. Stamford, so you go through Rutland and it's just long windy roads and there's um, just fields and fields and you got the reservoir and the lakes and all that, a couple of hills and there's like loads of like streets, like banks of trees and I, I said it's this time of year because there's no leaves on the trees and I'd started, I'd started working there like September, October and it was a couple of months after that and I'm on the phone to the missus, I'm like What's that? She was dunno, I'm not there. <laughs> right. So I'm looking. So I did transit van. Joe, it's got the quart light window. Then you've got your the window that goes up like your normal window. Then you've got your windscreen. So I'm thinking, oh, it's a reflection from the passenger side window, passenger side mirror, bouncing into one of the windows and then going up onto the windscreen. And I'm looking and I'm just watching this orange light. It's the shape of a car headlight. Say, I always use a Cortina. It's the old-style car headlight. It's like someone's got it on a stick, and they're moving it in between all the branches. It was moving really slow, but very fluid between all these branches. And I'm like, as I'm pulling level, I'm, it must be about uh, 30 seconds a minute, because I could see it from quite a distance. So as I'm getting level, I thought, I'll just stick my head out the window. If I can't see it, then I know it's a reflection. So I stick my head out. And it's still there. I'm like, oh, right, okay. So as I'm pulling level with the road where it was, I'm looking for some bloke in a field with a control, URC controller. I thought oh, he's got a drone or something. But this is like uh what half seven quarter to eight in the morning, quite foggy, really cold. I thought no one in the right mind would be out now flying a drone and being that precise movement of it getting it through the branches without hitting anything plus it was you, you couldn't see any um propellers or anything like that as soon as i pulled level with it couldn't see it it's like once you got to the back it was just not there but it was the shape of the car headlight and that was in rutland interesting nice and that was four years ago around november december on a Call it Tuesday morning. I don't know what day it was. <laughs> Weekday, anyway. I think, it, I think it was a Tuesday. Yeah, and that that was just very, very strange. How, how far back no... did you... Sorry, Andy. 
Sorry, All right, I was just going to say there's no noise coming from it. You could hear the traffic in that. But when I pulled level to where it was, I was no more than 60, 70 foot away. Mm. So you can have that one if you want it. Yeah, take that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. How, how far back would you take a report? So how say someone had a report 10 years ago. Would you would you accept that if it was? Uh, yeah, we, we accept them. Um Generally, we focus on kind of the current day, modern day, because one again, going back to kind of why I started this, couldn't find any groups. I was looking for kind of up to date information what's happening today, and I couldn't find anything. It was all what's happened in the nineties, happened in the eighties. It was all what's happening in America. I couldn't find anything that's happening like today in the UK. Uh, so that's why we kind of started to, to fill that gap. Um, but we we've had reports from. Decades ago, the oldest one we have, which I thought was really, really special, um, it was from it was nineteen fifty three, I believe. And the guy's in his nineties now; he's like ninety four, and he was now he's in the RAF. Um, can't remember the name of the base was, and he had this site in nineteen fifty three on at an RAF base. He was an um, instructor at the RAF. Yeah, with the RAF. Um, and it's the first time I'd ever told anyone. I was like oh, wow. ninety odd year old guy. Uh, First time I told the story from 70 years ago, nearly this this sighting. It's like, I mean, there's not much you can do, um, kind of investigation wise, because uh, you don't have obviously no apps or anything like that that would tell you anything uh, from 70 years ago. Um, he said he did say it did get reported, um, to his senior, senior and the report was put in. So I did all like, I did information requests and everything like that to try and get anything, but nothing, nothing came out of that. Um, so we do get them from, from, Although we will accept them, we will kind of like I say when we get a report, we kind of triage it. And obviously, the most recent kind of gets yeah. priority because we can do stuff now, we can look at current data, yeah. we can see what's happening. Um, but we will like we do always look at them, um, they go in the database in, in some like with the data somewhere, we'll publish it uh, just to get it out. Uh, we also mean I released a book this year a couple of months ago. Um, and as I start going back to the current day, we have the biggest database of current day sightings, so we kind of started so we sort of say from 2020 onwards is what our data is all based on uh, and we yeah. released a book a couple of months ago uh, where it's just it's over 100 reports that have been made to us uh, between 2020 and 2022 um, and it's these reports not been reported anywhere else they're like new sightings the recent it's new information um so it's kind of like I mean that's that's the book kind of being a bit of a <laughs> Awesome. Um, shameless plug. That's fine. Hold it up. Shameless up, plug. I'm putting um, a book up a bit anyway, so don't worry. <laughs> UK UFO sightings. If you Google if you Amazon UFO sightings, it's like the top result that uh, comes up. Um, cool. It's full colour. There's loads of pictures. Um, it's full colour. Awesome. And also in this, what I do have is a section on the data. Um, so look at so for these three years, 2020, 2021, 2022, look yeah. at all the data. Similar to our annual report, they just have loads of data, um, charts, graphs, looking at the data, breakdowns, shapes, and everything uh, right, based okay. on uh, that data. So that's what I want to do is because there's nothing about what's happening today. So that's why we try and that's why we're doing it to try and fill, kind of fill that gap. But we do like but to answer the question in a very roundabout way. We do accept reports from anywhere in the UK. We have we have reports. We have received reports from international, uh, but we do try and pass them on to someone in like that country. Um, and yeah, from from all over. So if you do have any sightings from any time, yeah. get to the website. We have a report form on the website. Quite a lot of questions, but we don't have to answer all of them. Just put in as much as yeah. basically as you can or as you want. 
you can upload yeah. videos and photos as well. Um, and then you also ask you, you might want you might feature in a book in the in the future. Yeah. You give us permission yeah. to use it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So any yeah. any reports we happily accept, and we do cool. what we can with them, really. Yeah. No, that's cool. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, no, I was very proud of this book. It's um, yeah, it has a lot of good feedback as well. It's just I felt like we'd fill that gap a little bit, and yeah. yeah, I think the book the book does, and it's all new, it's all recent, it's all like fresh information and stuff. I think it's a good reference yeah. book for for anyone kind of interested in what's happening in the UK as well. And it's split into yeah. regions, so you can go to like Scotland or Southeast, Leicester, right. so you can yeah. go and look at kind of reports on that area split up by region. And, and stuff as well. All right, cool. So, how many, how many of you is there working on the database? Is it all of you, or just one or two? Um, so, the database itself is kind of just me. Um, I'm quite yeah. anal about having it the way I want it. it the way, um, yeah, because it's very, very mean. complicated. It literally took us about 13 months to get the database online because I just had this information, but I was using it just for me. I didn't have it published anywhere. I was kind of yeah. using the data, I was compiling all this data, and I was writing like annual report, uh, monthly reports. I'm like, this was seen this month, and this many UFOs in this town and stuff. People are like, where are you getting this information from? I was like, oh, I've just got it on the computer. But like, oh, can we see yeah. it? It's like, I don't know how I can make you see it. Um, so we took the decision to make it public. Uh, it took us a long time, uh, very costly. There is um, like a membership fee um, to, yeah. to, to view the database, which was a huge decision because. I hate having to pay for stuff. I hate having like ads yeah. and stuff. I just doesn't sit well. And as soon as you put a price on something, people start coming out. Are oh, you making money? Blah 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 blah. I'm like we don't make a penny yeah. out of any of this. Like the hundreds of pounds, like the hundreds and hundreds it costs to have the website up. Uh, the yeah. membership. I mean, we have the membership is two pound a month to basically have access to the members area. Uh, we yeah. can see the database and you have discounts on like on our events and stuff as well. For two pound a month, and that doesn't even cover half of the actual running costs of no. UFO identified or uh, the thing. But we couldn't have done it without basically doing it because the, the increasing cost of getting the like a data set up onto the website published was, and people to help get it up there was just couldn't have done it otherwise. But I wanted to do yeah. it, and thankfully well, people do support it. us and stuff, which is which is good. Yeah, I know. Just to put the database on a website is ridiculous. Mm. It's not. It's not like a one-off cost either. It's like it's a monthly cost. Mm. And like, well, so we, we pay you, we pay annual. Like, oh use in January. I'm just like, oh my god, that's coming up. And every year, it's <laughs> even more than the last year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, buy the book and help me pay for the website. Yeah, because uh, when I updated yeah. the website and Streamyard, it didn't just go up a few quid. It literally doubled. Mm. It's like. You might like really? the domain name and stuff. It's also always 99p for the first year, but then when you renew in it, oh yeah, it's like yeah, when I was yeah. like, it's like, like four yeah, figures yeah. instead of two figures and stuff. It's like, it's, yeah, it you've got it, up. you have to pay it. You can't like, it's not really a like a way of not paying it. It's no, it's uh, yeah, it's hard work. It it's like, costs, like, with, like with with the minicon when we first did our first minicon, our first conference in 2021. Yeah, we only broke even on the day by selling tea and coffee for like 50p. A cup, and we literally broke even by about two pounds. So we made like two pound profit wow. just by selling tea and coffee. But yeah, I get loads of comments like, "Oh, making money out of your college." Or this like information should be free. It's like, yeah, but it's not free to hire venues, pay yeah. for guests yeah. to come and talk. 
travel expenses, everything. Like we literally bought it. And I'd wanted to give free free tea and coffee and biscuits to everyone. And the girls who yeah. helped me want it were like, you can't give everything for free. Like we have like we can't buy loads of milk and tea and coffee yeah. and sugar and cups. Uh, we only have to charge for it, like for it. I was like, yeah. right, okay. Um, but, yeah, and it's, it's just the way it is. Mm. It's it'd be better if it was all free, but unfortunately it's not. Mm. So yeah. That doesn't yeah, include yeah. the time we put into it, like the hours and hours and hours. It yeah. doesn't include well that's it. It's like it's hundreds of hours of back like um background stuff and research and all that and mm. organization. Yeah. And th- that's Oh, that's you're doing that for free because you're not getting paid for doing that, are you? No, unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> no, so, I know it'd it's be like, good when we go and see a witness and investigation, petrol like driving up, like, yeah, driving 20 miles to meet the witness, and so that's just all out of our pockets. It's we do it yeah. for the love of it, like literally, and, yeah, 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 yes. So, yeah, time's for fame, fame, and fortune. Like about 17p a year on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, uh, it, with the YouTube channel, bit over the thousand subs now, so I get, you do get um, ads. So when the ads, if you're watching this bat and the ads play, you literally get pence for people watching it. Mm-hmm. I think in the last two weeks, I think £1.19. Just for adverts, so it's nothing, not... man. <laughs> yeah, well, that one, £1.19 will go towards the now <laughs> the next £1.19 <laughs> in about 10 years. Yeah, well, it, it does though, every it the little bits out. But like I said I've upgraded the streaming, I upgraded the website, um, paying for the email for the, the domain, and all that. Uh, yeah, it's a one off payment of 99p for the. The domain, but then it goes up and up and up. So, and it all adds up. And I got it, I started working out how much it cost me a month just to do all this. And it went into triple, triple figures. I'm, like, I'm not adding any more onto it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had to shut my eyes and close everything down because yeah. I didn't want to know. That wasn't everything either. So, with a membership, because I, I do the pay membership on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to give people stuff back, yeah. like just for them, just say, Look, thank you. I can thank you for doing the paid membership, but I'll have them like, No, we're doing it because we want to support you, and they realize how much actually goes into it. So, so yeah, thank you, everyone that uh, does do the paid membership because all, all that that just goes pretty much to StreamYard and the website, and the rest of it comes out of my. Broken pockets. <laughs> Very broken. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that sub story. Because <laughs> there's definitely no no sympathy in the chat tonight, I can see. <laughs> uh, have you any questions, Tommy? Um, yeah, I've got a question. Do you ever get um, reports from multiple people but the same sighting? And, and these people don't know each other. Do you ever get that? We have done. Um, it's really so the Bolton landing. I keep coming back to this Bolton landing. Um, the Bolton landing case we had, which is the first landing case kind of potential landing case we had you know, a couple of years ago. So that was straight away. I was like, right, let's go on this. And one of the first things we do 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 um, <laughs> when we're doing an investigation 
is I, w- I will see if there's anything else been reported at the same time in the same area. Uh, so we'd look at the other databases. We'd look on Facebook. We'd look in local media. Just see if anything else had been reported at the time. And if this case in Bolton, where the, the witness had stood in the bedroom window, saw a light with a beam come down behind houses and land in the forest near near her house. She yeah. had then took a dog to where she thought she this had landed and saw a light on the ground in these woods. So she took a video of it, started getting a bit creeped out. It's like one o'clock in the morning. She's on her own. She's a youngish girl. So she went back home, sent me the report, sent me the video, light in the woods, described this light coming down. So it's like, okay, I've got a potential landing case. Straight away, I was like, right, who's available? Let's go investigate this right away. First thing I do is look in the other database, anything else has been reported. This was in Bolton at 20 to 1 in the morning on, it was May 2022. Um, So on the New Folk website, May May 2022, the same date, 20 to 1 in the morning, witnessing Liverpool, I saw a very similar, described it pretty much identical, of this light in the sky coming down and seemed to come down like basically landed. So okay, so we've got witness in Bolton reported to me, witness in Liverpool reported to a different database, both describing very, very similar thing at the exact same time. Obviously Liverpool and Bolton are close, but still what thirty miles between yeah, them? Like something that. like that. But still close enough to potentially be multiple independent yeah. witnesses. So we had potential landing case multiple independent witnesses, a video of uh, lights in the woods that where, she, where this object had come down. Uh, yeah. So we straight away went up there, uh, interviewed the witness on camera. Uh, she was very happy. Like say, went in the bedroom, stood where she was stood. When, when you're doing these things, you're also looking for any kind of clues, anything like that. I know it was on, on a bookshelf. She had books about alien abduction, UFO sightings. So straight away, you're like, okay, she's got an interest in this already. So you just yeah, kind yeah. of, you keep that in kind of stored away for if, if you need it. Um, ended up being, in this case, ended up being a meteor because then the UK Meteor Watch website, exact same time, 20 to 1, over northwest of the UK had this meteor caught and we had a picture of it. So that would have been seen in Liverpool, would have been seen in Bolton. So it explains yeah. the, the light coming down. The light in the woods ended up <laughs> when we went to that area. Um, it's quite a, a rough part of Bolton, um, and there was evidence of like a homeless camp, there's tents, like yeah. evidence of drug use, um, in like in this wooded area where we went because we went in like kind of like the investigation in the area where the light was seen. Evidence yeah. of drug use, so we think the light that she saw and the lights in the video is either someone's mobile phone, like low to the ground. Or something's being lit. Uh, yeah. Some sort of drugs is being lit like, on the floor. Um, so, interesting case. I mean, again, like, obviously, it had uh, an explanation. We could work out what it was. But just the kind of potential landing, multiple witnesses, uh, just gives it that extra kind of, okay, let's like, let's get this out now. Another very interesting one. Um, I, I'm still, it's, I still call it an open investigation. It was April 22nd. Uh, 2021, and there was four reports across the UK on a three-hour period, so between three o'clock and six o'clock in the evening. Yeah. One in Hamilton, Scotland, one in Grimsby, one in Rochdale, and one in London. 
so split between these three hours, there's four different sightings, yeah. all got video and photo evidence, all of a very, very similar object in the sky, all reported on like in the in the three hour period across the UK. All reported to I think it was all two was on YouTube, or one was on YouTube and three were in like reported to local newspapers. Um so and, and the good thing about our database is because I'm collecting all these sightings from all these different places, we spot these trends. Whereas if you report a sighting to Mufon and someone else reports a sighting to New Fork and someone else reports to Birmingham UFO group. Yeah. They're in three different places, so they're not getting linked together. Whereas what we do is we get all these sightings and we put them in one central place. So we're spotting yeah. these trends happening. And this 22nd of April incident, or this case, that we did a lot of looking into, a lot of investigation into it, managed to track down the people that reported it and interviewed them and everything. Without our database, if we didn't do that, these would never have been kind of connected to each other. Right. Um, but we had, yeah. So we had four, like four witnesses four incidents, potentially the same object. Um, whoever did a lot of traveling in them three hours. And the very, very interesting thing about this one was they were all, they, I mean, the, the investigation reports on the website, you can read the, read the report. Uh, but the one in Grimsby, the witness said that it was there for about 20 minutes and there was a military plane in the area at the same yeah. time. It was like, okay, straight away, flight radar, let's have a look. And there was an AWACS plane the kind of radar surveillance plane yeah, yeah, in the area. And when I followed the flight path, it took off from, I think it's Coningsby, I think it was. Oh, yeah, Coningsby. Flew up to the east coast of Scotland, around Edinburgh, Lothian Way. Come back down. As it got to Grimsby, this was about 10 minutes after the UFO object had been spotted. It started doing like a back and forth pattern over the exact area where this... UFO had been spotted and it was there for about 15 minutes just, just like doing like like a surveillance type of pattern then headed yeah. back to oh yeah Coningsby so um someone's put might be wanting to not show it. it's one nearby to, to Grimsby anyway um so straight away I was like okay I want to find out the flight path I want to find out if that was a predetermined flight path whether it had been diverted during its like flight planned flight or whatever yeah so I had about half a dozen uh, back and twos with the RAF through information, freedom of information requests. And this was less than 30 days after the sightings had all been made, after this flight had took place. And they just kept coming back with, we don't have flight data for this flight. And I was like, surely you must have flight data for uh, an RAF flight. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't want the data, don't give me data, but was the, the pattern, was the flight pattern a predetermined path? Or did it alternate from that predetermined flight path was it was it post go to scotland then come back and then it got diverted to this area it's just very very weird how at the time of that sighting it then flew yeah. all the way to scotland in a straight line kind of pretty much and then came back got to grimsby and then started doing all this back and two back and two and then went back to kind of back, back to the air force base but they were like yeah no we don't have flight data for these they are deleted they are um discarded basically disposed of yeah. and i had the contact in the RAF who's an RAF pilot so i asked him and i'd known him for a couple of years he used to give quite a bit of information all all but what he was who he said he was and i asked him like would they delete this flight data and show or even excise data or anything like especially so soon to it happening like it was less than 30 days ago 
yeah, they got no data. Yeah. They can or not even denying they got it or saying we can't give you it. It was we don't this data it was like destroyed. We don't have that flight there. And he was like, didn't reply. There's ghosting me ever since. I was like, why oh, did you oh wow, over oh. this question. Um, yeah, no, man. Um, <laughs> so that's just a very interest, like interesting case for yeah. potentially could be four different objects. It could be the same yeah. object. I don't know. It's just very. What, what, can I ask you what the object was? It what, was. What um, it was like it was white, mostly white, like a bean shape, like kind of like a kidney bean shape. All right, yeah. yeah. So when when I first saw it, I thought it was like a balloon, um, mylar balloon potentially. But then when he put the witness descriptions with it and with the videos, um, and I mean the reports on the website, um, and like I've I've spoken to um people from like balloon um groups, and I thought because. Like heart tube balloons, all these different places. Find yeah. out, like, do you think it's this? Do you, would it act like this? Would it look like this? And it's like, no, um, it wouldn't be like that. And it's just, yeah, very, very unusual um, case. But again, it's highlights how important getting all this data together in yeah, one place yeah. so that you can spot these things. Because when I first started, obviously, there's loads of groups throughout the UK, loads of different UFO groups. I reached out to all of them, well, to a lot of them, saying, I'm doing this. Do you want to link up together? If I get a site in in like London, I can give it to a London group. We can work together. We can share our data, try and work together, build a database. And so many groups and people are just like, no, like it's my data. Like, I don't want to share it with anyone. Yeah. It's yeah. like why? It's just why? Like what? What are you That's doing right. with it? We don't do anything. With it. Do you publish it? Do you investigate it? No, it's just it's just ours. It's ours. We don't want to give it to anyone else. It's like why? What? What? What are you doing? I don't get that. It's just really it's so frustrating. Get. So it's like the paranormal yeah. world is like that in general with everything, isn't it? Like mm. Bigfoot, like there seems to be dividing oh, groups God. and stuff. That's that's something else altogether. Yeah, I don't <laughs> get it, man. Because we should all be on the same side trying to work out exactly you'd think, what you think. Yeah, I say disheartened yeah. by a lot of the uh, kind of responses. I got what f you all. I'm gonna just gonna do it ourselves. And I mean yeah. that, that's what we're doing now. We're in a period of expansion. Back end of this year. Because like we are based in the northwest, and we get yeah. reports from all over, I feel like we're doing a bit of a disservice to reports that come in. I want to be able to, if someone reports something in the southwest, we can investigate it properly and have an investigator down there that will we can give that report to. So we're in a period yeah. of expansion where in January we've got two people on board from different parts of the country. They're going to be like satellite hubs of like UFO identified right. like mini areas. So they're yeah. like basically the investigator of that area, similar to me found where they have their kind of chapters and uh, areas. And we get a part of that area, we'll give it to that person. They can build their own right. team and go out and investigate sightings, start their own meetings. I'm gonna and we have a, basically have a big plan where we want to develop basically have a nationwide network of investigators awesome. and communities and meetings and stuff going on. And we're at the very, very early stages of this. Uh, literally we've got two coming on board back end of this year. That'll be kind of official from January. And there's a yeah. few more I'm talking to for other parts of the UK. But it's, but we have a five-year plan, basically, to expand across the UK and just have this national uh, network of investigators. Cool. Oh. So, yeah. I hope it space. works. <laughs> Watch this space. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Better make it work. That's it. That's <laughs> what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It should be. If you've got this far doing it, there's no reason why it won't. I mean, the last 18 months have been incredible. I've been blown away by 
the response we've had, the amount of media coverage we've had, um, yeah. always getting requests from TV shows, from radio, from newspapers. Uh, we've just been featuring the big article in the GQ magazine, which is a really good oh, wow. article. It only just came out on the 30th of November. Uh, yeah. GQ, GQ website, massive, massive article. Wow, and we're featured man. quite heavily. Well done. Um, cool. We turned down a lot of TV work. Um, just if yeah. you don't agree with kind of the, the channel or what they want to talk about and stuff. Uh, yeah. We kind of, we're quite strict in ourselves with what, what we do and how we present ourselves on our kind of what our beliefs are, what our aims are. And this yeah. morning, this morning, the post us to go on this morning a couple of years ago to go to the studio with Holly and Phil as it was at the time. Yeah. And I want me to go on and talk about how UFO sightings had increased during lockdown. Because yeah. that's what a tabloid newspaper had been reporting that sightings had gone up during lockdown. And I said to the, to the producers, like, well, I've got all the data. And actually, sightings are pretty much the same, actually a little bit lower than the previous yeah. year. So, like, you're saying UFO sightings have gone up during lockdown. I've got the data that says it hasn't. Yeah. I'm not interested anymore. Didn't want me to be on the show. So I thought, I thought himself, let's see who they get on to, who they get yeah. on to go it. I won't say the person's name or whatever, but I watched the, when I watched the feature, I had this person on, he's like, yeah, yeah, UFO science went over during lockdown. I was just like, show me the data. Where where have you got this from? Or you just yeah. get yourself on TV for five minutes. To think. But we, we did that a lot where we turned down like potentially millions of people seeing our brand, yeah. and seeing our work, just because... I didn't want to go on and you're say gonna be, lying, Yeah, you're going to be lying, aren't you? Yeah. Pretty much. I respect that, man. I respect that, man. You're just yeah. you're staying true to what you believe. and mm. I, I respect yeah, that. 100%, definitely. There's been some tough decisions we've made, but we, we like say we made that decision, we stick by it, and it's, uh, we won't ever just say yeah. stuff just to get our name out there. Like, say, not, not many people really know about us um, that much, just because we're not like, a Twitter ego. We're not a, uh, um, like, get, always putting ourselves out there or clickbait and stuff or anything. We just we just do the work. This is our reports, yeah. this is our research, this is our database. This is this is the data. Right. This is yeah. what I think is important, not yeah. how many clicks I get on or how many followers on Twitter. Uh, so we just yeah. sort of stay away from social media side of it. Too much of a um for me. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I like that. I really do like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Might be to our right. detriment, like I say, millions of potentially millions of. I mean, that we turned down Jamie Kyle, GB News, um, yeah. Russian state telly. I was like, definitely not going into Russia, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I say, probably to our detriment, yeah. But, yeah. Not wow, <laughs> well, good luck to you, deserve it, definitely. 100%. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. Wow. <sighs> Well, that that's a lot of ad that proves how much hard work and research and everything you've done for them sort of groups to contact you is awesome it really yeah. is well done mate Cheers. like i say we worked with the mirror gq some people yeah. will but when like the sun get in touch the star we're just like no like don't really yeah wanna. um like sort of be associated with like the likes of the sun and stuff. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, the, no. The Best of a bad bunch. <laughs> well, yeah. I would say, ish. 
Uh, that's what someone said. I'm just repeating it, apparently. There we go. <laughs> ah, that one, didn't I? <laughs> oh, right. Thank you so much, Ash, for coming on. Yeah, cheers for having me. It's been awesome. It really has. Cheers, Tommy. Thank you, Thank everyone you, in the chat. Um, next week, I have... So I'm going to be doing free next week-ish. So on Wednesday... There's a guy coming on called John Russell. Now, um, I'm not sure what he's going to be covering. I think it might be Dogman. I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, I meant to send him some info and realised I hadn't actually done it. So it's not just you, Ash. I, I, I'm just as bad. <laughs> yeah, this is like from like about a month ago I should have done this. Um so, yeah, so there's that one. I am going to be interviewing Chris Evers about his new book. So I'm going to do a shameless plug now. There we go. So he did send me a copy of it. I have opened the front page because I asked him to sign it. So there we go. But I've promised him. He was in the chat. His son Kevin's in the chat as well. So cheers, guys, for coming on. I am going to be – um, I said I'm going to read at least – I said two or three chapters, so don't hold me to that number. It might be one. I'd, but he's, he's all good about it. It's just having time to do it. So that may be a pre-record that will be coming out next weekend. Um, it just depends on what day we can do it and the times and all that. I don't want to clash with other people that are doing streams on the same day around that time as well. So, um, But it will definitely be out by next Sunday. And then on Friday, we've got Michelle Gray coming on. Now, she's obviously female. She's American. I was on um, Paranormal Versus, and she was on. And I'm going to do it yet again. Forget someone's name. There was a psychic on, a medium. She's Greek, but I think she lives in Australia. And she's called Catherine or Kathleen. But I cannot remember her surname. It begins with S. So Michelle's going to come on. And she started doing... I think she's doing her own YouTube channel now as well. Um, she posts quite a lot on Facebook. So, yeah. So another busy week. And Oh, and then on Sunday, the 17th, I'm going on Alex Lovelock's um, The Lounge. And that's 7 till 9 next Sunday for his Christmas one. I think it's next Sunday. I'll find out. <laughs> I'll find out and I'll let you know next week. But oh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great. And it was great to meet you as well. Really nice guy in person. So, yeah. Cheers. Absolute too. pleasure. Right. So we're going to end it there. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Um, see you on Wednesday where I'll be joined by Nicole and possibly John Russell. If he ever gets back to me, if I've not messed it up, but we'll, we'll find that out as well. It's just, one, it's just been one of them weeks, so, yeah, that's it. Right, great weekend, everyone. Thanks again, guys, and thank you to everyone that listens on podcast. Uh, speak to you all soon, and take care, and goodbye. Nice one. Have a great evening. Cheers. Bye-bye.